something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson was instrumental in developing the PBA Lane Maintenance Program in 1971, and it is still referred to today. He was a founding member of the Bowling Foundation, which was created to find solutions to scoring issues in bowling. Len has been with the Kegel Company since 1995. He was also a recipient of the Bowling Industries Flowers for the Living Award and the John Davis Award in recognition for his contributions to the sport. And now the Phantom and his friends are hosting the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. The Phantom will tell you more. So Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Cagle Company the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And this week, this gentleman was with us a few weeks ago. We only touched base on the surface of his fantastic story. And as I said before, he's a talented, interesting and one of the most versatile individuals you'll ever meet. His education tells us that he went to Rutgers and earned his degree in environmental biology. And he has owned retail stores, been a financial advisor, sponsored a PBA player on the tour who won a couple of titles. He's written a book, he plays in a band and done more, a lot more. So let's get him out here again and learn more about my friend Howard Barnett. Hello Howard, welcome back to the show. Hi Len, always a pleasure, thank you for having me. Well it's our pleasure and there's so much about you. I've already got three shows planned with you. If we need more, we're gonna do more. So I want people to know you, you're an interesting individual, you're a friend from the old days. I haven't seen you for a long, long time and I miss you but this is a good way to communicate. And the last time we, we left off, uh, you were talking about being involved in a band. So if you don't mind, tell us all about that, okay? Sure. Uh, little self-promotion never hurts. Uh, the name of my band is Midlife Crisis Band of Charlottesville, which uh, is you can see on Facebook, anybody who looks at that. Uh, I've been playing music most of my life, but I really got, I played in college in a, in a rock band and folk but about uh 15 20 years ago i decided i really was missing something in my life went back heavy into it wanted to be on the stage again and my kids were getting older so i uh, started this band with a friend who i met when i moved to virginia and it kind of evolved into uh playing wineries almost every week play a lot of uh, i'm able to sometimes do charity events wineries breweries this area is, is quite quite nice for that central virginia so there's always something going on and uh, it provides me a lot of pleasure uh, kind of fills something that if i didn't have it i know i'd be missing it 
keeps me sharp, makes me think, uh, keeps my playing skills up and, and works on my voice. So it's uh, all around a lot of satisfying. And we get a lot of, we play oldies, you know, the stuff 50s through 70s, Motown, a uh, little bit of country here and there, Johnny Cash, uh, you know, Allison Krauss and different kinds of things. But uh, it's the kind of stuff most people enjoy and they get to go out and it's a lot of fun entertaining people when they can just uh, have a good time with their friends. They want to listen critically. They can. They want to get up and dance. We'll provide that, too. So it, it, it really fills a, it fills a nice area for me that I couldn't get anywhere else. And, it's, and, I, and I, love to, I love music. I come from a musical family. And uh, this, this is just it's kind of a natural once I got going. Now, you, once you start, you can't stop. I guess it's kind of like bowling that way. <laughs> well, good for you. Is there a specific instrument you play? Yeah, I, my main instrument is uh, acoustic guitar, uh, six and a little bit of 12 string. I play harmonica and I sing about uh, 60, 70 percent of the stuff. How many guys in your band are gals too? Uh, well, we, it varies, but most of the time it's it's me and my bass player uh, because the wineries, they're not looking for big bands and i'm not looking to have a five six piece band anymore but occasionally we do three and sometimes for the larger venues four and sometimes five well that's great you know you got a nice situation there where you can do some of your hobby on the side and keep your hand in it that that's really cool but it's it's hard for me to believe with all the things you do you can find time for everything you must be a good manager of time but uh you know we started out we're going to talk all about uh, Bob Perry and the movie that you got scheduled. And uh, he was an interesting guy. Uh, I knew him fairly well. Uh, we didn't hang around together, but I saw him bowl many times. And uh, he always impressed me with his style. You know, with guys like that that have personalities, especially with his background, I'm sure there's a bunch of stories. And we poll our listeners a couple times a year. And they love uh, tips from the pros because uh, it's a bowling-related show. People want to get better. They, they want to improve their average. And we do have a lot of professionals on here, and they give them their tips. But the other thing that the listeners love are stories. And so with you knowing Bob, and I'm sure you know a lot more stories than I do, but you got one ready for us? Yes, I do. Uh, I kept to the ones that I could make public, but they're they're all pretty good, actually, and uh, nothing <laughs> terrible. Uh, and and Bob will admit to everything. One that uh, I, I mean, there's there's some where he's done things outside of bowling that are very very nice. Actually, tell you quite a bit about his character. But I'll I'll start off with one that's uh, kind of humorous. I'm not sure the year. I think it might have been the early '70s. Uh, Don Carter, I guess, was still bowling towards at the end of his bowling career. And he asked Bob if he would take his brand new Lincoln Continental from Florida, I think drop it off in Ohio. And he had, so Bob took with him in the car, uh, Sandy Finkelstein, I guess the late Sandy Finkelstein and George Pappas. I never talked to Pappas about this, but uh, uh, Carter said, I, I figured you'd go ahead and do it. Bob said, sure, I'll do it. Bob didn't have a car. And he says, cause uh, these are fictitious plates. So I figured you'd be, you're the kind of guy who would be have no problem doing that. He says, sure, no problem. Um, <laughs> the only thing stipulation was, uh, look, stay out of the trunk. I don't do not open that trunk. He says, no problem. So Bob's driving up the interstate uh, speeding 
and uh, gets pulled over by a trooper. And uh, at this point, uh, Bob says that Finkelstein and Pappas were getting a little edgy. What do we do? What do we do? I guess they knew the plates weren't valid on the car. And Bob says, just hush, hush, let me take care of this. So he gets out of the car, talks to the trooper. And Bob was uh, is as good as anybody at schmoozing and talking to people friendly and talks to the trooper and um, says, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm speeding. We're uh, professional bowlers going from one stop to another. And, oh, really, you professional bowlers. So Bob, of course, says, well, you a bowler? Says, oh, well, you know, I bowl in league and some of my buddies do. So, of course, what he's doing, he goes in the trunk and pops it open and there's all <laughs> this new equipment, you know, that hasn't been out. You know, all this Don Carter stuff with Ebonite <laughs> at the time. He had signed that big contract not that long before. And Bob says, well, look, maybe you guys, you want to, I got some nice equipment here. Maybe you'd like to try some of this. And he gives him a bunch of stuff. I don't know, shoes, balls, accessories, gloves. And, and the, then they get sent on their way. Well, just, you know, slow it down, you know, and didn't give him a ticket or anything. And, uh, yeah, of course, he says the whole way up there, uh, you know, Finkelstein and Pappas are just, what are you doing? You, you know, he told you not to open the trunk. He says, just keep quiet. Well, he drops off the car, and then uh, a couple of days later, he gets a call from uh, from Don Carter. He says, what the hell's going on here? I don't have, there's nothing in the trunk. Bob says, I don't know anything about it. You told me not to open the trunk. So I, <laughs> I always thought that was kind of cute. And I guess the, the faces on uh, George Pappas and uh, Sandy Finkelstein must have been, I mean, it must have been quite a quite an interesting ride to say the least though i've never spoken to george about it i only learned about it a few years ago <laughs> i love it you know those kind of stories you know you can't make that kind of stuff up but uh i i, I bet you have another one you got one more for us yeah I mean, uh you want one a little bit about his character i'll tell you that the part you know people who know bob you know have stories that aren't surprised by that but I'll, I'll tell you one that might surprise some people and when he was living with me He's been very uh, open about his uh, adherence to AA from the time he got sober, and he still maintains every day he's not on it, that he's able to go. He goes to meetings and such. And I guess he ran across a person at one of the meetings here in, in Charlottesville who was just beside herself because had a child who was going to school, uh, college, and uh, about three weeks before uh, was caught smoking a, some marijuana and they have a zero tolerance policy and that person was the child was booted out of school immediately and she was beside herself uh bob took a very good interest in a person he really didn't know and said well give me some information on this and he found out the name of the particular college he he talked to the child talked to the son got got him going to 30 means 30 days and uh, said um look, I'm going to call, call the president. He called the president and said, look, I'm a friend of this person. And, uh, you know, I think you were pretty rough on this child, uh, because, you know, he's, he's an honor student through some graduation. He's getting married. He's got a job right out of college. And, um, you know, he can really mess up his career. And the, the answer was, well, you know, we have a zero tolerance policy. I'm sorry. Uh, Bob, was sharp enough to look at the fact he says well i see this college was founded by the franciscans do you know anything about the franciscan tenant about forgiveness the man said no i'm not a franciscan i just you know i got i'm just hired for what i do you know president of the university college whatever he says well you ought to look it up because i think i think you should really reconsider 
And the president agreed to look it over and says, well, give me a call back in a couple of days. And uh, Bob called him back, you know, as it would play out, the president said, you know, I read that area and uh, I think we should give this, this young man another chance. Well, he ended up graduating with honors, getting married, got a nice job, and he's successful to this day. Now, you know, you can do a lot of things that are dumb for yourself, but when you do a lot of great things for other people, I think that can negate a lot of stuff. Uh, It really tells your person's character deep inside. They didn't have to do it. No family. It was just a total stranger. He had no obligation to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the man I know. Yeah, things like that are really uh, character builders. You know, when you have that ability to do that, uh, a lot of people don't even know what some people do. But uh, I mentioned last time that you were on how you took Bob in for four years or so and got him healed up. He was dying of cancer and everything else, and you got him on his way. That's that's something that's unbelievable to take in somebody like that and do what you did for him. So I'm sure it's going to pay you back in spades. But uh, that's another great story. You got one more? Yeah, I, I've got one more. I think this is this sort of uh, light, lighthearted. Bob, I guess his national prominence came when he won the Clearwater Classic, the Tournament of Champions in Clearwater, Florida. I think it was 1974, possibly. And it's right where he lives now, actually. He was flying home with Tita Semez sitting next to him. About a two-hour flight from there to Newark. Big explosion, he hears in the plane and uh, sees fire coming out of the window, you know, out of the wing there, one of the engines. And the captain gets on the speaker and says, uh, sorry, uh, passengers, we had one engine go out, but don't worry because this plane can make it back no problem on a single engine. So, you know, we don't want you to get too worried. About 20 minutes later, I uh, hear another explosion oh. out of the other side of the plane. And uh, sure enough, that engine caught fire and blew up. And uh, I had to shut that down. And the, and the captain goes on and says, uh, attention, uh, passengers, we, we did lose the second engine, but we are close enough now that we are going to make a, a glide-in landing into <laughs> LaGuardia or Newark, wherever it was. Bob said, uh, he said, we made it. He says, we had uh, our toes of the plane in the, uh, just in the water. It was so close. You know, they just used all the runway to get in there. Oh. And uh, his classic line when he says, look at, I win the greatest tournament of my life. I'm not even going to spend a dime of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kind of cute. <laughs> I guess that's what you say when you and he and that win broke Don McCune's big streak when he was using the soaker. I, be, I believe he beat McCune that that tournament to win. So it was that was quite a big tournament. I know it was brought him to national prominence, got him in the Firestone. Yeah, he he was too much, uh, you know, kind of in the shadows. A lot of people didn't know him. He was, you know, kind of low key, uh, <laughs> which is hard to say about Bob Perry, but <laughs> being a low key, but he was a character and a half. Whenever I think of Bob, I always think about the, the Reader's Digest, you know, the most unforgettable character I ever met. And <laughs> that might be Bob, and I've met a lot of people in my time. <laughs> anyway, well, he's definitely, yeah. he's complex, ahead. man. Very good. Deep. The deeper inside you go, the, the better, the more you find 
and he, he's a very good person. He had a lot of bad things happen to him. Some some self-inflicted, but but a number of things, uh, you know, weren't his doing. You know, it really got a, he got a lot of uh, head trauma when he got hit with that uh, with that croquet mallet, and yeah. uh, it it really changed his life. It it, it he mentioned that it, it probably it changed his career. He said, "My dad would have run my career when I was a little kid because he was a, he was a prodigy. He was averaging two ten, two twenty at age twelve with a rubber ball." Yeah, uh, that's as you know that people don't they see two twenty two thirty averages now that looks like you know amateur night wasn't that way. No, it certainly wasn't. I want to take a moment or two to talk a little bit about my junior tournament club that we've got. Uh, you know, I started uh, on the PBA years ago, and over the time I did the lanes on the tour, and I did the lanes on the women's tour, I did the lanes. The Eliminator. I did the lanes at the High Roller. Uh, then later on, when the Senior Tour started, I, I went down there, and most of those tournaments were down in Florida, and I knew all those guys. So I, I was doing the lanes on the Senior Tour, and so I've, I've done the full gamut. And then one day after I retired, I went to work for Kegel, and I went down to the local local bowling center down here. There was a regional, and I wanted to see some of the guys. And they also had at the same time on the other end of the house were the junior kids bowling. And I hadn't seen junior bowling since I was a junior bowler back in the 50s. And I'm looking, and these kids are so good. Uh, the camaraderie was there. The high fives were there. The hugging was there. Plus the talent. And uh, there was one gal on the top of the uh, concourse and she was rubbing her ball down in between squads. And I says, what are you doing there? Well, I, I've got Aberlon and blah, 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 some kind of other magic stuff. She was rubbing on the ball. And I says, well, who takes care of your equipment? She goes, oh, I do. And I said, you do? She says, yeah. She says, I says, who drills them for you? She goes, oh, I do. How old are you? 12. What? Dick Weber didn't know how to drill a ball. Hardwick didn't know how to drill a ball. And they were in their 50s. I'll never forget talking to him about it. And I just was unbelievable. She's gone on. And about a month ago, I saw that that one gal, she won like five medals down in, uh, I don't know, somewhere, some foreign country. And uh, she's just a young girl. And I'm watching. And these kids, there's different degrees, you know, different age brackets, six, seven, eight and up to 17, 18, and they, you know, I says, we got to start a club. We got to get these kids some more focus and, uh, you know, let people know about these kids. And they have a couple of tournaments here that are big time, but they don't get enough exposure as far as I'm concerned. And so we started this club. It's free to join. And what we do is we started a website, and we're focusing in on kids. And we have them on the show at least once a month. And we've got their pictures on our website. We've got the whole list of uh, all of our members on there. We're up to 152 members now. And the kids are loving it. I remember when I was in high school and playing football or whatever, if your name was in the paper, boy, I'd run down there and grab the paper, see my name. Well, these kids are loving to see their name on the website. And we, we've got it. And, and I'd like to tell everybody what it is. It's a uh, kegel.net slash phantom jr. 
they go there and we've got about 10 categories that they can look at. And uh, it's just been a, a pleasure and a joy. The parents are contacting me. Thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I've got three other volunteers I want to tell everybody about. Uh, Brian Hirsch, he's a young guy. He's got a kid. And the kid was the very first member of this club. And everybody knows Brian in the junior areas. Then we got Sam Villarreal. He's an artist. He, he does all kind of pictures and caricatures and all that. He's a genius. And then our main guy is Dave Kowalski. He's a junior coach up in Michigan. He's got 7,000 junior bowlers up there. And he's in the Michigan Hall of Fame. And he got us started with the seed money to start it out. But it's free to all the kids. And uh, we'd love to have them join. So that's about the bit that I want to give for this week's show. But I also uh, want to find out more about what's going on with the movie that you're in progress of working on. I know that's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. So what's the status on that, Howard? Well, we got some progress to talk about. I want to take about 10 seconds just to thank you for all you do for the sport. I, I hope people take it, take the baton and run with it more than you're doing as well to keep this sport growing because it's it's the deeper you get into it, the more exciting it is. And I, I love hearing stories like that, that the kids – get involved um Thank you. feeling better already about the future at this point about 50 percent of the script is written on the uh kind of a movie that's going to come out it's going to be a feature film what we call a biopic based on bob's bob's life busy getting interviews of various people both in bowling and out of bowling uh, unrelated to bowling that have uh, touched on Bob's life, learning more about, I'm learning more about his family. Uh, he came from a loving family and that's so important. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about that anymore. The importance of family and in, in developing who you are, the older you get. And uh, I think that contributed to his long ability to stay sober and such. And we're, we're incorporating everything in there uh, because when you have an exciting life, you know, people think it's just like you think about any professional athlete, professional basketball player. Well, there's a lot of things that happen outside the 48 minutes of basketball. And the same thing, uh, bowling involves a lot more time that you spend on the lanes than, uh, than people realize. But then you, there's so much involved in discipline, learning how to do it, learning to travel, learning how to live on the road. And, and then just how do you run your life around something that, you know, happens at various different times and different seasons and then you know what do you do with your life uh, and we're, we're getting involved in all that and uh, bob's a very interesting as you can tell this it's a lot of interesting highlights that we talk about but when you get into somebody's character you start finding out why they why they end up so good and i'm sure you know, you've known so many of these great athletes and bowlers are certainly athletes uh why do they become good? And you really start digging down and you find out what it, what it drives. They have something that drives them. And with Bob, it wasn't the money. It was being the top, being the best he could be. And bowlers certainly don't do it just for the money because there's a lot of other places that can make more money sometimes. Yeah. And we're, we're going through all that in the film, exploring a lot of different areas. Not just, it's not a bowling movie. I think bowling's great and we're trying to do what we can to give bowling it to do because it is a great sport and much, I think misunderstood because it doesn't get the right publicity. It's not cigar smoking pot belly guys 
Um, it's 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 athletics at a high level, <laughs> and people right. really work hard. Well, listen, you know, I want to have you on many more times, and I'm going to get a hold of you in a few weeks. You tell me what kind of progress you're making. We'll schedule okay. another show. We'll talk about the progress. And like I say, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but time's running out. I can see it by the old clock on the wall. I, I don't want to get yelled at by my sponsors and all that, but <laughs> <laughs> Howard, go ahead and give us one last thing that you'd like to say in closing. Uh, well, I appreciate you having me on. And um, I think maybe I'm not quite as exciting to myself as I might be to some other people, but I, I do think you got to do what you like and then you feel like you're not working. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. I enjoy what I do, manage to schedule my life around my different things I like to do and uh, still have a family life. So I sleep good at night. Good for you. You're <laughs> a heck of a guy and versatile, like I said, in the opening. And, and I really enjoy you. And I want to talk to you more after the show, if you don't mind. But anyway, I want to thank again our sponsors, Storm Bowling and also uh, Brad Edelman from the High Roller. Uh, they've been with us for 23 years, and I, I really appreciate their support. So I'm going to close the show for now, but like I said, I'll be in touch with you in the next couple of weeks. We'll line up another show. We'll see how the progress is. So for Phantom Radio, this is a Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care Nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me.